The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, or any school district, their respective managements or employees. Brand new episode, GeekShowPodcast.com. Welcome to it. It's the first week of December 2018. Brand new episode. It's called Huzzah, for reasons that you will find out here rather quickly, actually. Uh, Yes, uh, stay till the end. Uh, Jimmy interviewing celebrities left and right. He's got a full docket this whole month. And this week, he's interviewing uh, Christian Bale, Andy Serkis, and Rohan Chand, from that new uh, Mowgli movie, uh, Jungle Book retelling, motion capture thing. Uh, it sounds pretty cool. Christian Bale's never done motion capture before, and so he learned from the best, Andy Serkis. Uh, so stay till the end for that. As always, want to thank our fine sponsors who pay for this party each and every week. They're open seven days a week, Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. The whole service is free, and with that you get a 10% discount of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free, 2043 East, 3300 South. It's Dr. Volt's. Also, Cabin Fever, wishing you the happiest of holiday seasons. From retro games and puzzles to books, gift wrap, and greeting cards, they're located inside of Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South and 700 East. It's Cabin Fever, so much more than a card store. Also, the Twin Sons Cafe. Chef Daniel's got a GoFundMe campaign for the cafe to generate some working capital. So go to GoFundMe.com and search Twin Sons Cafe. That's S-U-N-S Cafe. It'll pop right up. Black Velvet Boutique in their new location at 593 South State Street in Clearfield. They're open seven days a week. Enjoy the best parts of being an adult with an intimate bedroom toys and lingerie from Black Velvet Boutique. Go see them. Haster Games, of course, also a fine sponsor. Not only does Haster carry the best selection of all the latest board games and magic products, they buy pre-owned board games and magic products, too. They're at 6831 South State, open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and noon to 5 on Sunday. It's a great place to stay and play. Also, the Mystery Escape Room in the Gateway Mall. Book your escape room today at mysteryescaperoom.com or call them at 385-322-2583. Use the code GEEKSHOW, one word, for 15% off of your purchase. Also, Booze Teak. Hi, Ivy. Booze Teak featuring vintage glassware of all kinds, drinks, uh, uh, you know, for enthusiasts, uh, corkscrews, great gifts there as well. 15% off your entire purchase when you tell Ivy Geek Show says, hey, 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake open 11-ish to 7 Monday through Saturday. All right, let's get going on this episode. It's called Huzzah. We'll have a message or two and we'll get right to it. This is not your everyday cafe, and this is just one indication delicious Twin Sons Cafe is. Go eat there, you should. Mexican-influenced Americana cuisine, daily specials, and they're still rocking home delivery, along with a full-service catering. Find comfort food in a cafe inspired by a galaxy far, far away. That's Twin Sons Cafe in Sugar House, 2305 South Highland Drive, just across from the liquor store. Open from 8 to 3 p.m. daily, except Tuesdays. Get details online at twinsonscafeslc.com. Hugs are free. Twin Sons, not your everyday cafe. Out of this f***ing world, its food is. 
Mystery Escape Room in the Gateway Mall specializes in theatrical escape rooms with fantastical live actors and immersive fully built sets. Don't just play an escape room. Make it an adventure into your favorite stories. From Grimm's Fairy Tales to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea to their newly opened Ancient Crypt Mystery, there are stories to explore. Can you solve the mystery? Book your escape room today at mysteryescaperoom.com or by calling 385-322-2583. Use the code GEEKSHOW, one word, for 15% off of your purchase. And welcome back to the basement. Hooray! Is that how it's said? Huzzah or is it huzzah? It's huzzah, Huzzah. I believe. Huzzah! So perhaps did I find a regional dialect to it? Huzzah? Well, you're just you're adding consonants where there are none. It's really? A hard, That's it's a, a problem. Hard, That's actually a recurrent problem in my life. It's a hard Z. Hutza. Huzza. Hutza. Huzza. No. Just stop you're it. thinking of Opa. Opa. Uh, <laughs> That's Grandpa in German. It's actually pronounced Huse. Huse. <laughs> Huse. Hosea. Wait. Why are we doing this? Is that I like don't know. Saddam Hussein well, he said named his kid? He, he, he had a Hassana, so <laughs> I thought I had Anna oh. Hutza. Oh. All right. Uh, yes, uh, brand new episode. Uh, welcome to it. Uh, joining us, uh, our returning champion. Hello. Uh, Kari. I am here to get my door kicked down and cry. That's yeah. what we're here for. <laughs> Fresh a from a home room. invasion. <laughs> it's a traumatized woman. We should say <laughs> failed home invasion. Yeah, the, female, the female husband. <laughs> the female has been invaded. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I, was, I was happy to hear that the best way to repeal a home invasion is to scream. Yeah. And while they're stunned, yeah. push the door. What's the sound the you make that scares away it wasn't even It wasn't even a scared scream. It was an aggressive scream. It was like a, ah! Like a <laughs> never war seen cry. You. I've never seen you do anything scary you know no. i was i was like it was aggressive because i was in the middle of saying what the fuck so, yeah. so, so i was like so was it kind of like stallone and rambo that or? is exactly yeah. i don't think he expected it either i also have these, i have these glasses that make my eyes look really little so you like you just like kick the door down you just see a creature there hunched over their computer then they screech at you like i mean like oh. a like an angry sugar baby? Yeah. And like, okay, so this is how I play video games. I'm getting on top of Carrie's nice chair and I'm putting my shoes on it. And I play like this. What? You really? You're, you're Cyber Smeagol. Yeah, I'm Cyber Smeagol. I have Yeah, you do. You're, that's like a Schmeagol crouch you got Right, going. yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting at my computer like this. <laughs> And he kicks the door down. I can see why he would scream back. Yeah, and I'm, out wearing, of terror. I'm wearing a crop top, so I've got these rolls sticking out on the side, too. And I'm just like, ah! <laughs> like it was. Anyway, that demonstration. Sorry, nobody, nobody got to see that. But the, yeah, I have that visual. You folks are missing out. Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, uh, you can find me on the internet <laughs> at PeachiestKari on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Twitch TV at PeachyKari. Wow. Yeah. That's right. Also, I want you guys to know that it's become a uh, like defiant thing where I tell people not to follow me on Facebook. Then Monday comes and the episode airs and there's like five geek show people who are like, I'm going to add her on Facebook. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And like I add them back, but they don't like understand the horror upon which they have like unleashed. <laughs> it's like a Necronomicon or something. <laughs> it is a special kind of uh, sensation. It really is, truly. Not like ASMR. It's like no. the undead no. being risen. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, joining us uh, in the basement also, of course, uh, returning favorites. Returning favorites? Now, kid, we, got, we got a promotion. Right. Oh, we have returning champion. Right. Oh, our, our, our Kari's so good she replaces two people. I mean, exactly. yeah. I can feel that. And we got, uh, Jay will be joining us. Jimmy's off interviewing celebrities. He's off being so. Jiminy Junkets. But, uh, Jiminy Junkets. Jay will join us uh, here eventually in a bit. Jay will but, join us, but Jiminy Junkets... 
Don't. Shall not. No. <laughs> Damn it. Don't. Just won't. Hopefully that's he'll be Don't. Right. It's a contraction. It's, yeah. You can tell you guys aren't rappers. Exactly. That's very clear. One of the ways you can tell. I heard some freestyle at 1 a.m. on KRCL last night. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Lee George Cade, everybody. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm good. How are I'm, you? It's a pleasure to be here. You're looking good. I'm feeling great. Yeah, you look really, incredible. Thank you so yeah. much. Jose. Hatsana. I feel... Opa. Opa. I'm on a crusade about a, about a month ago. Uh, as, as some of you know, I was, I was hired on to uh, be a contributor at Bleeding Cool mm-hmm. um, with our friend Caitlin Booth. She's the editor-in-chief there. and uh, So I've been covering games news, but this week... Um, Mark, uh, one, of, one of the guys who runs the site, he, uh, he, he messaged me real early in the morning on Wednesday and said, hey, uh, we need some help. We're a little short, so can you help out with some stuff? So I got to cover TV news, which was super oh, exciting, oh right? Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. But now I'm on a crusade, and this is where you, dear listener, come in. All right. On the Bleeding Cool main page, if you go to Bleeding Cool, uh, and, and on the front page, there's a thing that says contact. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's a drop-down menu that'll let you contact different departments. And so go down to TV. And uh, a, a great guy named Ray is the in charge of TV, okay? Um, I, I need you, dear Geek Show listener, to help me on my crusade to become the official uh, reviewer of Gotham. Oh. oh. Because that show is so terrible, just, I am the reviewer that show deserves. You deserve it. <laughs> I, I really do. Because uh, you and is I it? are the only ones at the right. table who I will have been it. watching it. I'm going to write that show as Jim Gordon. Your Jim Gordon's pretty. I, I really am. So, oh, Lee's lost again. No one can find Harvey. Oh, why, why the hell is Alfred here asking me about Master Bruce? I don't know why he's your master anyway. Jeez, I, Alfred. Can I, just, can I just talk to Lee, please? No, is Lee, is Lee, Lee isn't there? here, only Jim. No, he's not? So, seriously, if you want the best, the best television journalism you've never read before in your life. So it's Bleeding Cool. Drop down to con- Ray. Contacts. Ray and television. television. Ray. Ray. Yeah, and then tell, tell Ray... That, Lee, Lee and, but nicely, because yeah. if you're jerks about it, Ray yeah. will not want me to cover Gotham. <laughs> and but it's, this is and it's L E I G H. Yeah, when my reviews of Gotham are ashes, yeah, you have my permission to continue listening to the show. <laughs> I don't even know Jeez. how that works. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's but the kind it. of that's the kind of integral journalism you're getting from me. That's, that's what I want. He doesn't know what he wants or how it works. <laughs> He's quad. He's quad T. Welcome to my life. <laughs> Too tall, Tony. Uh, at Quad T Tony on Twitter, or uh, always here on the Geek Show, or every other week on the Gadget Spot. Mm-hmm. Dem's all my plugs. Dem's your plugs. <laughs> yep. Solo maintenance. I know. I try to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> He's easy like a Sunday morning. He's Shannon Barnes. Oh, that's me. Ah, excuse me. Uh, How's it going? Not fine. What was in your throat? Seagull. Shut up. Smeagol? I don't know. Uh, Cyber Smeagol. <laughs> Cyber Smeagol. How'd that get uh, there? I Googled how to fake your own death this week. Oh, good. Yeah. Really? Were you hoping to get like insurance payouts for your loved ones, or what's oh, the deal? No, I, just, I just want to go away. No. <laughs> Do you need help I, 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 might be, I might be co-writing a book. Do you need oh, help? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, yeah that's awesome. They want, they want to base the character on me for some reason. So oh, they, awesome. they think They think I, I could help. So, uh... Huh. No, I'll, look, I'll keep wow. you updated on that. That's cool. Okay. Uh, Do you need help finding a shard corpse? Because I'm your guy. No, I think I'd pretend I fell off a cliff. That's Are you I'm like a gangster? Because that's what I always imagined in a past life. Like with your friendly attitude, how terrifying it would be to be like pistol whipped by you while you're laughing. I don't know. I have weird fetishes. <laughs> 
Went from well, now I do too. <laughs> I can just imagine you writing fan fiction, right? Perched on your chair <laughs> like you showed us. I, it's Shannon pistol whipping <laughs> Carrie. I actually used to get paid to write Bones and Kirk slash fiction, so we'll, nice. wow. we'll visit that sometime. If you'd said snary, I'd be all over. Yeah. It. Uh, no, there is no pub quiz this week. <gasps> Why? Uh, because Lucky Thirteen is doing something uh, really cool. Uh, this Wednesday is the whatever uh, anniversary of... Um, you mean the 5th? The 5th, yeah. Okay. This, uh, it's the an- anniversary of the end of Prohibition. Oh, oh cool. So they do a big pro- uh, Prohibition party. Oh, good. And the staff all dresses up all old-timey. They have lots of uh, cool drink specials and uh, a really cool raffle where you go free, win a lot mm-hmm. of really cool stuff. Uh, but I'm st- I'm, So I'm still going to be there dressed up all old-timey hosting the raffle and like and me and Brian are going to be like emceeing the thing. Oh, cool. So you should come down. It's like super, super fun. For those, for those who uh, live outside of the state, the reason that the day that Prohibition uh, was uh, rescinded is a big deal here. You might wonder why. Yeah. It's historically Utah cast the deciding vote. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Prohibition. And, then, know that. and then historically decided to become a dry state. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is really weird because well, Mormons were actually renowned for their brewing skills. Well, the the the, uh, the the state voted to get rid of prohibition. They were the deciding vote, yeah. and they were doing it mostly so that the federal government would not come looking into this whole polygamy thing. So, right, right. You know, maybe you guys could just kind of cool it. Yeah, there's 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 <laughs> some uh, there's uh, some amazing amazing historical breweries throughout the Salt Lake County. Yeah. That, that wasn't the, Brigham Young an alcoholic? Uh, he was a brewer. I don't know what his what his proclivity <laughs> towards drinking were, but yeah. But so anyway, come down. Yeah, sorry. It's a super fun event, and. Uh, free lucky 13 put a burger in your face there you mm. go look at mm. all old timey mm. <laughs> put a burger in your face get all old timey you know yeah yeah i know a guy who really likes a burger he calls it in advance and orders what? it to go mr carrie jackson yeah hey he goes true. And picks it up at lucky 13 oh, it's just right What's your favorite burger there i just usually go with the regular cheeseburger with onion rings that's usually what i get too yeah. can't go wrong with the classic celestial burger's good yeah do you make like him do the, the peanut routine? butter one yeah yeah the peanut, peanut butter, butter one's real good what's the what do you do make him do the routine? Ooh. Cheeseburger. No. no. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger. No, those guys, they wouldn't, they they're, wouldn't they're too tough to do that. Yeah, they're way too tough. <laughs> no, there's, there's some sweethearts. No, they're sweethearts. They are. They're sweethearts. All right, so let's get uh, underway with uh, some uh, subjects. And really, the big news this past week was really all about... Netflix v. Disney. Oh. No shit. <laughs> I don't know if that was actually a V. Yeah. It was kind of a, hey, stop it. And they're like, okay. It's a miniature slap fight. Yeah. Well, it started with uh, the, the news that nobody expected because it's been one of their more successful series. On the network, right? Oh, On the network. No. Yeah. Don't make me cry again. I've done too much. Uh, Netflix, <laughs> there's a press release that says that Daredevil has been canceled. Boo. Yeah, because nothing nothing says uh, we're number one like canceling one of your yeah. best shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, after the third season was so amazing, and especially this season. Oh, I finally finished. Did you finish you, it? Oh, Holy man. hell! Were we yeah. not kidding? I did. No, too. you were not kidding. That's so cool. that's like cracking the comic well, book. It's the, like, the weirdest thing yeah. about about Netflix this week is like they start the week off with uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. They're like, <laughs> we got the rights to uh, the like the most cataclysmically important anime ever, and 
Kari probably knows I'm about this stuff. I'm obsessed with that show. Right. So my live journal username the, when the, I was like 15. <laughs> the company that had the rights to Evangelion went bankrupt. Gynax. And, yeah, Gynax has been, has been, the rights to Evangelion have been in limbo for 12, 13 years now. Yeah. It's, it's been a long fucking time. And this show is, it's, it's a Shinto Buddhist deciphering Christianity through giant robots piloted by trauma, traumatized kids yeah. while so-called angels are being sent from heaven to destroy the earth. So Sounds kind of layered. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's sounds, a, kai, yeah. It's a kaiju like an easy giant watch. robot show. It's like the Opus Mag. Like every giant robot show leading up to this point like culminates in this one right. crazy existential mind fuck. It's but really good if you don't like called, anime. And it's called what again? Neon Genesis Evangelion. Neon Genesis. So, so none of us see this. Monday afternoon, Netflix drops a trailer for Evangelion, looking like it's been restored. It has been restored. It's been restored. Yeah. So they drop this, and they're like, it's streaming for the first time. And the first thing I'm like is, how much money did it cost them to get that? I or, can't even imagine. Yeah. It's the biggest It's the biggest anime ever made. It's yeah. the most popular in Japan. And then Tuesday, so. they drop news that they're doing live-action Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, that was crazy, too. I wanted to talk up. about that. And we I'm can like, get to it later. I'm but. like, how is Netflix going to get any cooler? And yeah. then, oh, we're canceling Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> And fart I, noses. Like, I yeah. understand the, the like, superhero fatigue, like, the inundation, but that show doesn't deserve to be the sacrificial no lamb way. because it is actually good. Mm-hmm. It oh, is it's actually like, really good. It's like an Oscar-winning movie. I agree. Exactly. Especially the, the last season, uh-huh. this mo- last season, I can't even... I'm, like, heart, I'm heartbroken. That last shot oh. with, uh, with, with Bullseye on the operating table. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. just oh, like, no, man. don't fucking... You know, that's, yeah. that's the thing I'm flashing back on is... That's the last shot you show me, and then I I know that it's not necessarily done, but well, well it is. <laughs> it's um, done. It, well, no, when I saw that shot, I'm like, oh, and they just got Typhoid Mary right yeah. over there on Iron Fist, and right. I love her. Yeah. Oh, these two got it. They they got to meet. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and I that's what I was hoping for, and then I read this. It just broke my heart. So there was there was a thing in there. In their press release that said this wasn't the end of, of Daredevil. Well, here, here, here's what here's what I've got. Uh, so they uh, after three seasons, uh, the drama series canceled at Netflix, uh, joining Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Only Jessica Jones and The Punisher remain on Netflix as its Marvel relationship continues to sour. And let's expect those shows to get their cancellations as soon as the shows actually. Well, air. I know yep. Jessica Jones season three is in production, right? But they'll they'll let it air, and but then they'll cancel. But it. Punisher season two has only been greenlit. I don't oh. think it's in production yet. Gotcha. They might already have so, a contract done for it, though. They might. Uh, Disney previously announced to uh, pull all of its Marvel feature films from Netflix and exclusively house them on Disney Plus. Watch them on your phone. Yeah, which is uh, which is their streaming service. Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy are currently on Netflix for now. Uh, sources uh, tell a Hollywood Reporter that the remaining Marvel TV series on Netflix, Jessica Jones, The Punisher, will, re- will remain on the streamer until they run their course per the company's original five-show deal, yeah. which has included since canceled Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Defenders. Uh, Marvel and Netflix relationship has been strained by the negotiations over Luke Cage. I didn't know this. Oh. Scripts for a potential third season were all but done when Netflix and Marvel were unable to come to terms for the new season. Oh, because oh, season two of Luke Cage was finally figured fucking it out. amazing. Yeah. Sources note that issues included the total episode count as Netflix wanted to reduce the standard run of 13 to 10, which is what we've been pushing yeah. for yeah, all this forever. time. So that's what Netflix has been saying. 
uh, in a bid to, in a bid to tighten the creative. Additionally, nearly all the Marvel dramas on Netflix have creative issues that have resulted in a revolving door of showrunner changes on the series, including Daredevil, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the latter will return for its third season in 2019. Uh, Melissa Rosenberg departed for a, another deal because she was having trouble with with Netflix and Disney. So that came along. And what I think is happening here is that Disney wants all their toys. Right. They yeah. don't want to share. Yeah. Sounds like I'm taking my ball and going home. But well, did you guys ever read about the Mickey copyright that Disney has? That they like they they lobbied to change copyright laws to keep their copyright on because copyrights are supposed to expire so that they can become he sh- public he should domain. Be public domain right. At this point. Right, right. Yeah. I think he is public domain now. I think it finally expired. Mm. But they're only supposed to last like thirty years, and theirs lasted like eighty. Right. So it's like it's the same mm. thing. Disney's doing the exact same thing. They want it under their umbrella. They're greedy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then we also got word. I got I got a ton of Disney Plus news. Oh, that's well, good. That Tenof- I know D'Onofrio, like the day after the announcement, D'Onofrio put out a tweet where he's where he's like basically fan writing a script for you know it's like all about Daredevil's brooding up on the thing, and then this white clad mm-hmm. fist punches the roof or something, you know. And then there was something in in Netflix's cancellation where they said that this is these aren't the end uh, end adventures of Daredevil, but. You look at the contracts with all the performers and all the actors and everything. That's with Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. Not with Disney. It's not no. with Disney. Yeah. I think what Netflix is saying is, we're done. Yeah. They'll take it, and right. they'll do whatever with it. But isn't Disney Plus supposed to be a family That's the thing, is that they, they have Disney Plus, but they also own, I think it's Hulu? They do own Hulu. They own like sixty six percent of Hulu. Yeah, How and is that's that legal. I don't know, but that's that's where <laughs> they would that's where they would stick a show like this. But the problem is, is that Netflix owns this version of Daredevil. Yeah, they own this. Could that, so could that, that means be why he wasn't in costume the entire season. I don't know. Uh, it's a, from what I could tell, it was a creative choice. But hmm. uh, what I think this means is is that Netflix will own these Marvel shows in this version. And how they're put together because they're theirs, essentially. And then Disney will come along and go, We're gonna do our own Daredevil movie or I, I, show I, I or unfortunately something. think that Charlie Cox is more Daredevil than even Hugh Jackman was Wolverine. I agree. I, he, it's gonna be tough to recast. And Mike Coulter that. Mike Coulter did Luke Cage like he was made to do Luke Cage. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's uh actually so, all of them, even even stupid Danny Rand was good casting. I mean, all their, all their casting was, was not bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just, it had, you know, well, Iron Fist had its own set of problems. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that was announced. But then we get this stuff where Disney is talking about all the shit that they're going to do with Disney Plus. They're breaking me. Watch it. It's not your phone. <laughs> and yeah, but all apps you can watch on I your know. phone now. And we'll... Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about those things coming up uh, after these yes, messages. Yes. We'll be right, right back. Had enough yet? Looking for that something special for your dearest and craziest friends? Are you through scouring the internet for that one item meant to bring joy and a little look of acknowledgement from your best bud? I've got an idea. Step away from the computer this year. Think about shopping local. Head to Cabin Fever, located in the heart of historic Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South and 700 East. Since 1982, Cabin Fever has been serving the Wasatch Front everything you and your friends wish for in a gift store. 
from movie and TV lunchboxes, jigsaw puzzles, tin signs, bar signs, playing cards, retro puzzles and games, candy, as well as everything you need to make the items sparkle under the tree, from ribbon to wrap, bows to holiday cards. Satisfying all of your holiday needs since 1982, Cabin Fever wishes you the happiest of the holiday season. Located inside Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South and 700 East. Stop by, say hi, tell them Geek Show says, hey, it's Cabin Fever. So much more than a holiday greeting card store. Our favorite locally owned sexual wellness resource has moved to a new location. Go check out the beautiful new Black Velvet Boutique at 595 South State Street in Clearfield. Now, when it comes to sex, as with any healthy relationship, good communication is key. Being confident in the bedroom is sexy, and knowledge helps you get your most confident, sexy self. Black Velvet Boutique's helpful and friendly staff will answer your questions and find out what you need, or they'll leave you to your own devices. It's entirely up to you. Enjoy the best parts of being an adult with intimate bedroom toys and lingerie from Black Velvet Boutique. Go see the nice ladies at the all-new Black Velvet Boutique on 595 South State Street in Clearfield today. Visit them and uh, mention the radio show I work on, Radio from Hell, for special discounts. Ask our friends at the store for details. Black Velvet Boutique, their new location, 595 South State Street in Clearfield, where you can go to blackvelvetboutique.com or call them, 801-525-1583. They're open seven days a week. Black Velvet Boutique. Dr. Volts has got what you need this Christmas. Back issues are 20 to 50% off all December long. And with new sales each and every week, December 1st through the 8th, toys and statues are 20% off. The 9th through the 15th, graphic novels are 20% off. The 16th through the 31st, everything store-wide is 20% off. They're open seven days a week, hold services free, and with that you get a 10% discount of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South. Get what you want this Christmas at Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. If you're a gamer, you know, love to play games, board games like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, you'll love Haster Games. My guess is you've heard of Haster Games if you're a gamer. They got new lines of metal dice to go with their gemstone dice in. They have a great weight to them. Diehard dice and gravity dice. And they carry more dice than anybody, and these have been selling very well. Guilds of Rivnica, a great new set for Magic the Gathering, is now available. Uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, a Waterdeep Dungeon Heist, two weeks early for sale. Go see this wonderful campaign for Dungeons & Dragons. Haster recently added more display cases, a sound system, there are more shelving for their huge game library, and yes, you can play games for free at Haster, and computer kiosks to help you peruse their inventory and order cards. Stop by and see all the newness at Haster Games. And tell them Geek Show says, hey, not only does Haster carry the best selection of all the latest board games and magic products, they will buy your pre-owned board games and magic products too. Haster Games is located at 6831 South State. They're open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday, noon to 5 on Sunday. It's a great place to stay and play. Remember, Haster has it. Holiday party season is upon us, so it's time to make ready. Boostique has your wine and cocktail essentials. Expand your home bar. Make a drink of the night with bitters, mixers, cherries, simple syrups, cocktail shakers. Plus, get a recipe book at Boostique for inspiration. Wine enthusiasts will love waiters, corkscrews, aerators, and decanters. Boostique also features vintage glassware for all kinds of drinks, coupes, Glencairns, and all types of beer glassware, including Belgian beer glasses. Go say hey to Ivy at Boostique. They're located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. 
Mention Geek Show and get 15% off of your purchase at Boo's Tea. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Disney Plus is the streaming service that does not exist yet. But it's, ru- ru- like it's we're excited, but and it's also ruining everything. It's ruining things, and but we're excited about it. Yeah. I, was ta- I was talking to my friend about Disney yesterday, because uh, I actually kind of hate Disney. With a fundamental, like, I'm, I'm a bit of an anarchist, right? So yeah. yeah. Here's a company that now owns everything I love. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm fundamentally opposed to that. But they're doing a really good job at owning the things that I love. Like, they're putting out very easily digestible Star Wars. It's not challenging Star Wars. Great Muppets. I love the Muppets. Great, they're, they're, I, yeah. The Muppets. Are, that but, was amazing. But they, they own Marvel. They now own X-Men, which is like my Marvel property. Sure right? thing. Yeah. yeah. And so now, and, and Star Wars. And they're, I think they're doing a good job with it. But the fact that they own all of it just scares you a little bit. It kind of bugs me because yeah. that, that indie spirit of Star Wars is now gone. Hmm. I mean, I realize it was the most explosively successful money-making franchise of all time, say, but it, I'm, it, I'm it not, was an indie movie. I'm not old enough to, to think of it as an indie no. movie. No, I'm old enough to think of it as an exploitative yeah, uh, toy grab, exactly. actually. <laughs> and since Return of the Jedi, it has been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it didn't Super start Super unfortunate that, that I can't have that relationship with Star Wars. You can. <laughs> I mean, I do. Try a little harder. Yeah, no, I do try a little harder. Yeah. I, can, I can get inside your brain. Yeah, but, it, but it, is, it is a little challenging to have the social mindset that I do of no company should own everything to... Well, they're they're doing, but they're doing right. a good job. Yeah, they're doing a, they're doing a pretty decent job. But on the other hand, they seem to be uh, they seem to be falling prey to uh, a little bit of Comicsgate bullshit with uh, firing James Gunn, and now Ugh. they they fired the new writer from Amazing Spider Man. I still have to do that Did board they? where I connect yeah. everybody and figure out who in Disney, <laughs> like which higher up in Disney, is like an alt right GamerGator. Right. Well, I'll I think, figure I, think it out. I think the GamerGate thing. They just kind of they kind of or Comicsgate guys. They they kind of took a page from uh, some SJW stuff and started. Yeah started just going after higher ups yep. and pressuring them until they fire people. Yep. So um yeah, there's some there's some good talent out there that's getting shit canned um unceremoniously and not justly just because some people got, I think got all their of fee-fees us hurt. Yeah. So, fee-fees hurt. Yep. Uh, I think I all of us their pee-pees hurt. Their pee-pees hurt. <laughs> I think all of us just have trouble <laughs> trusting power. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. having all yeah. of the, these beloved franchises under one umbrella. You're just wondering. Well, when and then even more coming. Yeah. Well, and yeah. like, when are they? If that deal goes through, they'll own The Simpsons. Yeah. And they're going to own fucking every. So when is Disney building the T1 that's going to come kill us all? You know what I mean? Like, when are they going to well, go all Skynet on us? It's uh, not like it's Homer Simpson's cute. face. That's going to happen cute. in China, though. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't want to get off subject, but I, I finally watched that Black Mirror episode, Metalhead. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. Which and one now was I, that? it's the one with the killer robot dog. Yeah. The herds of killer I robot dogs. And now I understand. now I understand. I understand now Lee's fear of. Oh, you understand the robot fear? Now I get yeah. it. That okay. was the the post apocalyptic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, wait, yeah. the I, Matrix didn't do ya? No. The Matrix didn't scare me at all. <laughs> didn't? No. The Matrix. But, there were aspects. The Animatrix. The Animatrix freaked my shit. Fucked up. But yeah. but this scared. I I was watching uh-huh. it just going. I get it now. Yeah. yeah. I understand yeah. Lee. Oh, let's talk about Grey Goose scenario. If you really want to not sleep. What does vodka have to do with anything? Grey Goo, not Grey Goose. Oh. <laughs> but let me tell you, Grey Goose will be my antidote to Grey Goose scenario. Because yeah. the second I see that shit go down, I'm just I'm I'm opening the bottle and I'm not stopping. So So um here's, somebody out there is going, Yeah, Lee, you're right. <laughs> so with uh, Disney Plus, we're getting two live Star Wars TV series, not animated. <sighs> uh, one, and I found this just for you, Lee. Uh, Diego Luna, yeah, 
as Cat as Cassio Andor. Cassie, Cassie and Andor. He's getting his own series. Yeah. Oh, they, you didn't know this. I'm so happy I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. He, it, if if they don't put him in Jabba's palace, well, I yeah. I got I got I got a quote. He says, I signed on very recently. That's why I know very little. Very recently. I'm thrilled. I'm happy. It's a dream come true to go back to that universe. I grew up watching those films, and now I'm sharing that with my kids, and I'm so very happy. And his dad. He furthermore says he's unsure, because Lee brought this up on a few episodes ago, that he loves Jabba. That uh, Diego Luna loves Jabba the Hutt and just wants to touch him. Yep. That's a that's another weird fetish, you know? Slug another. fetish. So they, they asked him, he says, do you think you'll get to touch Jabba the Hutt? And he uh-huh. said, no, no, no. I guess my life will change the day I get to find out what the texture of Jabba's skin is like. Because <laughs> is it delicious? He says, one thing you say on one day in the middle of 150 interviews suddenly haunts you for the rest of your, <laughs> rest of your life. It's, it's incredible the amount of shit I get for that. I love it. I love it. But I still want to touch Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> He's sticking to his guns. Good did, for him. Did Did you see the showrunner? No. Uh, I I yeah. I know you have it. I have that. Your Mister Show Prep. Yes, I I have that in the next episode. But let's but let's save it for the next I'll, episode. I'll dig then. it up. But the the showrunner is is a good one. A very good. A one. very good especially one. considering the genre of program they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So if you're doing a spy thriller, we'll, so, we'll touch on that later. So then the Mandalorian, which is another Star Wars <sighs> show. That's really cool, actually. That uh, uh, John Favreau is doing. What? He's in. Yeah. yeah How did I not know? I, I've stopped oh, reading Star Wars Kari, news. Kari, <laughs> there is a picture of Favreau standing with one of the directors of an episode, a Mr. Taika Watiti. No, he's my favorite. He's no. going to direct an episode. Bryce Dallas Howard is going to direct an episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Dave Filoni is going to direct he's one. Direct, he's directing the pilot. Rick Famuyiwa, Deborah Chow, they're all oh, going to direct yeah. it. And who's so, playing the Mandalorian again? Uh, I've, I, I've got Baby it here. Baby Boba. It's, uh, it's Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah. Pedro, I've met him. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not trying to poop on anyone's parade. That's okay. I... But I have a question. So you have all these cool people. Go ahead, people. Parade Pooper. Here we go. You have all these cool people directing various episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What will that actually mean for that episode, though? I mean, they have to stick to a familiar tone that goes with the whole series well, yeah, they and work, things like that. I mean, they, like, they work. They work with the showrunner. It's not going to feel that different. The showrunner, Mister John Favreau. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm excited for yeah, that. I yeah. love his stuff. No, but so, I'm saying, like, I I love a lot of those directors as well. But mm-hmm. how will that affect that episode? How will it make it any different? Well, than see, that's the one before? that's the thing is that the, the way that the television is made nowadays, the the showrunner is responsible for the feel, the look right. mm-hmm. of the show. So like if you have Kevin Smith come in and direct an episode of Supergirl, right. it's not going to feel any different. Right. But really. Exactly but, my point. But there but, are touches. But there are touches. And then for homework, Tony, since you're only 12. Um, I'm 33. Okay, well, you're 12 <laughs> to me. You'll always be a baby to me. All right. I want you to go back and find the episode of ER that Quentin Tarantino directed. Yeah. Okay. And All then right. you'll see what a stylistic director can do. Because right. they may I'll say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure out what quirks you have that work. Like you think of Taika Waititi and everything you brought to Thor Ragnarok, and you think of him doing something, say, on Tatooine. Right. Say in a cantina or in a I don't know, crime lord's okay. palace or something I, I, like I kinda that. I kinda see what you're getting at. Yeah, a well bit. and TV's yeah. directed this way now, like um, 
Joss Whedon will. What what did, what was Joss Whedon's last TV that he hopped into? I'm trying to that remember. He hopped into, well, no, Dollhouse was the last regular show. No, that, well, not the show he, that he ran, but he he he'll hop in and like do random episodes. Like oh, Andrew Stanton. Oh, yeah, do you know yeah. who Andrew Stanton is? Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Stanton has directed multiple episodes of Stranger Things, mm -hmm. and they leave their own narrative marks on them. They leave mm -hmm. their own like like you can expect that an episode directed by Taika Waititi will have sort of like some like silly, funny, obscure humor, like the same mm -hmm. that you're used to from like what we do in the show. Shadows right. and uh, Guardians. <laughs> it's Ragnarok. almost it's almost like yeah. how how or the yeah, right Ragnarok. how the right host changes SNL. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have somebody, okay. if you have somebody okay. that the cast gets fired up over, yeah. SNL is great programming because there's a machine in place there already. Yeah, and it's Lorne Michaels. But then you bring in someone with a little bit different flavor, and it'll change yeah, it you up. Bring okay. Seth, you bring Seth. So, you put Seth Rogen cool. on SNL, yeah. and you know you're getting a good show. Or when, uh, when John Alec, Mulaney's episode yeah, killed Mulaney was, me. was funny as hell, and it felt different from the other episodes. Right, and you get that. I I was thinking about. Um, I was actually thinking about what you're talking about with Joss Whedon. He directed a couple episodes of The Office. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, but it's they, not his most recent. No, but he did like he did their Halloween episode, mm -hmm. and there were a lot of there were a lot of actual Joss Whedon jokes going on in yeah. there. And you can feel episodes that when he's gone in and, and punched up scripts, you feel it. Like in Thor: The Dark World, he came in and rewrote probably thirty percent of the dialogue because it was clunky, and yeah. you can feel it because he despite other shortcomings, is a very good dialogue writer. You know what's hard with me about Joss Whedon is I can actually hear him and his characters, though. That's the unfortunate... Yeah. Him and Kevin Smith, I feel like it's Kevin Smith having a conversation with Kevin Smith, and often I feel like it's Joss Whedon having a conversation with Joss Whedon. I think that's the problem with having people with such strong narrative voices is that yeah. sometimes you can hear him talking to himself. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. But then there are people who dig that. Yeah, and, and there Jane, are. Jane Espenson, uh, yeah. she's very much... You hear an Espenson script, yep. and you're going, mm -hmm. okay, I, I know this... This, this story. So the latest news about The Mandalorian, well, I told you last week that Gina Carano is also going to be on it. Cool. Uh, they have added another star. Hurt me, Daddy. Ready? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're prepared for this. Is it Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> I really I hope only so. Help. It's about that good. <laughs> what? Nick Nolte. Oh, what the what? fuck? No way. He's what? on The Mandalorian? <laughs> yep. Nick what? Nolte. We don't know what role he's playing. What? It's going to be gruff, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little that. drunk. The only thing that would have made that any better is if you said Gary Busey. No. They don't or have Ron Perlman. Like. Well, yeah, but Ron Perlman's at least somewhat... Coherent. Yeah. 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 But Nick we don't we don't know who he's playing, but he's he's going to be oh, on the show. Oh man. Awesome. Whatever it is, it's gonna be a super like character driven. Yeah. Like, whatever whatever, was... whatever it is, I'm gonna have to have the closed captioning on so <laughs> right. I can, so you can understand, understand it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn dog growling. Oh okay. sounds I'm... like a cement mixer is what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if he plays an old clone, I'm gonna oh. I'll explain. Like a defective clone? Well, because oh. <laughs> uh having having read a lot of the Star Wars books, one of the clones actually made it to the prequel trilogy. Well, oh. because it does take place after Jedi. It's between Jedi and the Force it's, Awakens. It's four years after Jedi. Yeah. Well, there has it's to be during, all sorts of clone shit. During the, during the formation of the First Order. They're going to be doing a lot of lore diving in The Mandalorian and having a, uh, a contract gunslinger wandering the Outer Rim is the perfect way to tell a lot of those Absolutely. mythology stories yeah. that we're missing. Absolutely. Cool. I just want it to take place in an old Jedi, like defiled Jedi temple. That's all I want. That's and all Mama wants. There's, there's uh, my, my favorite character class in the old West End Star Wars game was yeah. the Quixotic Jedi. Now that I know how to say Quixotic correctly, I always thought it was Quixotic because, you know, <laughs> Don Quixote, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. But the, the Quixotic Jedi was my favorite trope. It's a, it's a guy who may or may not be a Jedi, has a lightsaber, tilts windmills. It's great stuff. So oh, I love I'm kind of hoping one of those. 
shows up in this show. You know, yeah. somebody that's decided after the exploits of Luke Skywalker that you know. Sounds to me like that could be your guy. Could well, well, shit. Don't you sass me, boy? Padawan. I hope he brings his his Hulk poodles with him. Yeah, I was just thinking about his role as Bruce Banner's dad. God damn that movie! I'm just I'm just the absorbing janitor. I know you've you've heard me say it a million times. That movie is great if you shut it off after the Hulk gets captured in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, perfect. If you shut it off, it's a great Hulk It's movie. actually a beautiful ending right there on the streets of San Francisco. Yep. Guys, I remember yep. watching me deflate while I watched that movie. Because yeah. well, you were all the, built up about it. Everything was great up until that line, and that's when you deflated. I saw That was the first time my son saw actual depression descend on somebody like a storm cloud. <laughs> because we all, Shannon. we all drove in together, and, and yeah. I think Max was maybe eight. And he was so excited because this guy around eight-year-olds is hysterical. And so Shannon's like got Max all hyped up to watch the Hulk. And then at the as the, as the movie's ending, Max is like, he's so excited because he's going to see what Shannon thought. And he looks over at Shannon and he's like, you know, a third of the person he was before he walked in. Well, let, so. let's talk about that briefly. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about, you know, managing expectations. Yes. Well, that's a good lesson for you, isn't because it? Because well, here... I, I had every reason to have high expectations for that. Yeah. Great Ang- director. Ang Lee movie, yeah. 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 You know? But but at the same time, I this past week or so here in here in Utah has been uh, the, the big football rivalry, which is... The, the Holy War. The, dun, dun, dun. The, the University of Utah versus Brigham Young University. And it's it's a big deal to just about everyone. People like the footy balls. You guys yeah. may not know this about me, but my dad played for BYU with Steve Young. Really? <laughs> wow! I did not know that. Um, and I went to my very first football because I can't. I don't like sports ball naturally because I'm a nerd. Um, right. You understand the ancient rivalries. Yeah. Well, but also I just I just couldn't emotionally handle football as a sport. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to my very first football game. Uh, two or no, four weeks ago. And yeah, you after after yeah. you recorded here, you yeah. were very excited. And and Carrie, I asked Carrie if I left my wallet here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, did I leave my wallet? Well, somebody, the security checkpoint person, stole my wallet when I went to my very first <laughs> football game. So we're not going to do this ever again. So I was trying more, to be healthy. You had the they, worst luck. Did yeah. they steal like out of your bag or something? Yeah, and I got a call at like ten thirty at night a month later, mm. and I texted the person. I said, "Hi, who the fuck is this?" And he said, "Hey, it's Detective So and So from Salt Lake City Police <laughs> Department. Uh, good after or good evening to you too." And I was like, "I am so sorry." <laughs> Um, he said, I'm an attractive lady, and I, I get scared when I get yeah. texts from people I don't know. He yeah. said that the person who stole my wallet was in jail, but it suffice to say that sports ball is not good. I tried. Well, this is, this is, <laughs> I tried. This is, this, is, this is what I'm getting at, yeah. because we you see it all around us, whether it's BYU-Utah. Because everyone. Yeah, or, last week was like, oh, or whatever, whatever sports <laughs> rivalry you see, and you yeah. watch, and you see these people at the game, and it's like life or fucking death. It is for a it lot is. of people. It's, and, cr- it's like and it's so think, aggressive. And yeah. I think that's unhealthy. I really do. When it comes to, to, to sports, and I would also say that about fandom. Sure. Yeah. If you're allowing fandom, if it's happening like that to you, where you will go see a movie or watch a TV show and your expectations were so high and then you are actually upset or angry or... Yeah. So afterward, because it was disappointing, I think that's time that you time to stick, reanalyze. Yeah, take a step back. I take actually, a step back and reanalyze your fandom, whether it's sports or well, geeks. I wasn't like I was just confused and shocked. Yeah, we, we had a we had a really we had a really good lesson from my wife's grandmother mm-hmm. uh, years and years and years ago. She she really liked children's literature. She liked to read what the kids read, mm-hmm. and so she read the first two Harry Potter books, and she loved them. 
because it was all the stuff that that Oma loved. She loved all the feasting, and she liked mm-hmm. you know she didn't like conflict much. And as she got older, she liked conflict less and less. And anybody who's actually survived World War II. Uh, it's understandable. Or in, Facebook. In Europe. Well, she never <laughs> Twitter. went on Facebook yeah. or Twitter. I'm getting tired. Yeah, I bet. You've seen, you've, you've been in the lines. I've been in the but shit. I've she, seen things. She got to the third movie, which uh, after reading the book, she got to the first movie and she liked it. She liked the second movie okay. And then the third movie came out and we took her to see it. She really enjoyed that stuff. And then when we left and we said, How, what did you think? Because we really liked the third movie. It was, it was yeah. what we like. Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. yeah. Third one was no. Goblet of Fire. Goblet of, oh, Goblet. No, that's the fourth. Is the third the one is Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, you're right, you're right. You're Prisoner right. of Azkaban right. was right up my alley. You know, crazy stuff. Great stuff. Uh, we asked her how it was, and she said it wasn't for me. And I realized, oh my God, that's that's what my approach has to be to a lot of genre. That, that ex- is exactly the approach that you yeah, need to take. Because you can't let it ruin your life and be depressed right. or angry or all that shit. You we, just got to go. Hmm. We had that question the last recording session we did where somebody asked why we hadn't covered Resistance. And I've, I've watched a lot of Resistance. And uh, I, I realized as I was getting irritated with the show that if I had been five to ten, I would have loved it. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking uh, about the new Star Wars yeah. cartoon. Okay, yeah. it's it's not it's not for me. So therefore, I'm not going to get frustrated with it. And um, see, I I I had the same approach with Supergirl for the first couple yeah. of seasons. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. I see what they're doing, yeah. and what they're doing would satisfy a fan. And great, right. but this season, however, is for me ah uh, because of the uh, so good the whole political intrigue thing going yeah. on. And, Did you notice they even changed the opening uh, voiceover? Yeah, where she goes. My name is Kara uh, Zorel. I'm a refugee from on your planet. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's the yeah. angle they're taking this oh, year. I'm gonna have to watch it now. It's all about refugees. Do you remember John Leguizamo doing that bit? Do you remember his show on Fox about, in the '90s? Oh yeah, about he shows I up. He had a show. Yeah, yeah. He so he shows up in the ER and he's he's uh, he's Superman. They won't treat him. He's a refugee. He yeah. doesn't have papers. So he comes back in a couple minutes later, and he's Clark Kent, but his his suit is all ripped up, so like the cape's hanging out and all this other shit's hanging out, and he's like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Clark Kent, white reporter for the Daily Planet. And they're like, oh, yeah, come right on in, Mr. Clark, because it was right after the whole Doomsday okay. fight. And right. So, uh, But yeah, the, Leguizamo did that bit in the in the mid nineties yeah. that you know he's a he's a he's an illegal alien. He didn't come here legally. He, well, that's that's what they're doing on Supergirl this season. Yeah. Yeah, well, what's what's cool really about on the what nose. they're doing is. It makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Both sides kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that you episode can, where yeah. they, uh, where the villain, what's his name? Uh, uh, something Patriot? No, I can't um, remember. Anyway, guy uh, with gold, he's, he's an gold, actual, gold mask. He's actually in the in, in from the, the DC books, universe. Yeah. But how he becomes that? Oh, heartbreaking villain! You you understand how he becomes a Trump supporter? I mean, someone who oh, yeah, exactly uh, yeah. oh Luthor yeah. supporter? Yeah, Sorry. and like um. So they're, they're basically like, I guess I would say Earth supremacists. Earth super, exactly. They're, they're Earth supremacists, and yeah. they call uh, they, they they call all they call aliens roaches. Oh yeah. my god! And um, they're going around and they're they're beating them up, beating them up and shit. What's that fucking movie? The Sector something. No, you're thinking of District Nine. District, District Nine. Yeah, Thank they call you. them proms. Yeah, it's the same yeah, thing. Booking prones. But these people, but these yeah, people are like, how? <laughs> hey, how can I? How can I compete with a guy that can lift? 600 pounds. Yeah, I can't. You know what I mean? He's going to take my job. Yeah. Right. You know. They took our jobs. They took our But that's what they're doing on the season yeah. of Supergirl. And, and, and you and really should be, you know. And they're doing a really good job really good with job. it, too. I'm like, really surprised. I'm going to have to tune uh, in. This sounds intriguing I'm really, to me. I'm well pleased with it. Anyway, so back. And they brought uh, Manhattan Black. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Manchester Black. Manchester Black. 
Yes. Now, he's not the same as he is in the comic books, because in the comics, I think he has, like, telekinetic powers. Yeah, that's correct. He doesn't. He's just a guy. He's an African-American guy. But he's like, but he's got the, the he's got Manchester accent. accent. Yeah, but he go, he's going around it. shooting the shit out of people. Yeah, fucking murdering them. Anyway, Ooh. so yeah. so back to Disney Plus yeah. and all the wonderful things that they're bringing us. Oh, I forgot we were still covering. Sorry, that. we got sorry. on the, we got off on a tangent there. But <laughs> it was a good we tangent, that. though. But it, it was a good. Are tangent. we supposed to manage our expectations for Disney Plus? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, yeah, maybe that's how I'll conclude. But <laughs> let me let me just because because when I say this, I I actually am quite excited about this right but again i'm managing my expectations well they're very good at pr that disney they are um they have announced that they are going to do a live loki tv series with tom hiddleston no where have i i've been buying a house for the last two weeks (laughs) so i haven't read anything like you just came out of a cave i'm the fucking ingenue of this podcast right now tell me the things but there but there's that and then they have announced Originally, it was just going to be a Scarlet Witch live action right. show. Oh, yeah. I saw this news. I'm okay with Wanda. It's but now okay. they're adding Vision to it. Okay. Oh, well. oh shit. Wait, is, is it Paul Bettany? It's Paul Bettany. What? So it's yeah. it's Yay. Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Wow. Oh, How? One of my favorite comic book miniseries of all time. Yeah. Wow. Pretty damn good. Huh? I, I wonder know. if that's how they're going to bring mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want more Wanda universe. and Petro cool. making out, but that's just a me thing. Because if, uh, if, <laughs> if Wanda can get rid of them in the comics, <laughs> couldn't she create them? Siblings? <laughs> yeah. She could. Couldn't she? She could create I mean, them. Maybe, maybe you heard it here first. They would Folks, have, maybe that's how they're bringing if the they X-Men gonna, into... If, if they were going to do that, they'd have to ramp her powers up way higher than they it's are. Her powers, like they done her powers are exponentially... Oh yeah, in the comics. High, no, the comics no. I mean, even 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 since the last Infinite uh, Infinity War movie, well, her yeah. powers are far stronger well, than they Kevin, were the, when they introduced Kevin, her. Kevin Feige said in the MCU, uh, she is currently the most powerful hero. Yeah. Until they introduce Miss Marvel. Until Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel comes. Captain Marvel. Yeah, and then Captain Marvel will be. Uh-huh. That's so exciting for me. I'm so. really excited for Captain Marvel. I can't help it. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm yeah. excited. Uh, I saw, the, I saw the, the Funko Pops. The kids at the Sav are excited about it. About uh, Captain Marvel? Yeah, really? They, and That's I don't know great. how they really know. Cause That's great. A, are these know? the kids who throw bottles at you? Is that... <laughs> I, at yeah. first I was... <laughs> I was a little. And they still like, cigarettes. Mr. Barnson, and they throw bottles at you. They ask you to buy them beer, and you don't. No, do that's it. my boss. <laughs> I was a little upset at first because uh, I, I saw the I saw some of the toys, and I was like, the "Cat's name shouldn't be Goose. The cat's name should be Chewy because yeah. that's the cat's name in the yeah. comic." And then I was like, "Oh, wait a second. This is in the '90s. She's an Air Force pilot, Top Gun fan. Goose, yeah. Goose. that makes sense. Okay. Literally, they're going to make some changes. Yeah. Another thing that they have, have with those Funko Pops, and I this is kind of a spoiler. So fast forward if you don't want any. Captain Marvel spoilers. Uh, one of the Funko Pops, you see her in the blue uniform. Yep. Oh, yep. Uh, that that character has a different name. Oh, it's Verse V E R S. So that whole premise behind the trailer, which is I don't remember being on Earth, mm-hmm. now makes sense because mm-hmm. she's someone different here. Ah, and she's forgotten, and she's just known as Verse. Dan Vers. Oh. There you go. She is not of this mm. earth. A little mm. bit there. That's so nice. Mm. So there you go. Uh, but that's that's who she is when we meet her in the in the Cree world. And then when she gets home, then she figures out she's Carol Dan Vers. Uh-huh. So there you go. Uh, so I hope I didn't ruin that for you. No. I hope not. Uh, got some more coming up. Got some DC stuff and some more Star Wars stuff. After, After these messages, messages, we'll be, we'll be right, right back. back.
Dr. Volts has got what you need this Christmas. Back issues are 20 to 50% off all December long. And with new sales each and every week. December 1st through the 8th, toys and statues are 20% off. The 9th through the 15th, graphic novels are 20% off. The 16th through the 31st, everything store-wide is 20% off. They're open seven days a week, hold services free, and with that you get a 10% discount of $20 or more, and the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South. Get what you want this Christmas at Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Holiday party season is upon us, so it's time to make ready. Boostique has your wine and cocktail essentials. Expand your home bar. Make a drink of the night with bitters, mixers, cherries, simple syrups, cocktail shakers. Plus, get a recipe book at Boostique for inspiration. Wine enthusiasts will love waiters, corkscrews, aerators, and decanters. Boostique also features vintage glassware for all kinds of drinks, coupes, Glencairns, and all types of beer glassware, including Belgian beer glasses. Go say hey to Ivy at Boostique. They're located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Mention Geek Show and get 15% off of your purchase at Booze Tea. This is not your everyday cafe, and this is just one indication. F***ing delicious Twin Sons Cafe is. Go eat there, you should. Mexican-influenced Americana cuisine, daily specials, and they're still rocking home delivery, along with a full-service catering. Find comfort food in a cafe inspired by a galaxy far, far away. That's Twin Sons Cafe in Sugar House, 2305 South Highland Drive, just across from the liquor store. Open from 8 to 3 p.m. daily, except Tuesdays. Get details online at twinsonscafeslc.com. Hugs are free. Twin Sons, not your everyday cafe. Out of this f***ing world, its food is. Mystery Escape Room in the Gateway Mall specializes in theatrical escape rooms with fantastical live actors and immersive, fully built sets. Don't just play an escape room. Make it an adventure into your favorite stories. From Grimm's Fairy Tales to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea to their newly opened Ancient Crypt Mystery, there are stories to explore. Can you solve the mystery? Book your escape room today at mysteryescaperoom.com or by calling 385-322-2583. Use the code GEEKSHOW, one word, for 15% off of your purchase. Hi, this is Carrie, and I'm here with my wife, Sue. Hi. I'm so proud of her. She started her own business doing what she loves. Tell us about my workout buddy. I believe that working out with someone will keep you motivated and accountable to your fitness goals, so I'm your workout buddy. I will meet you at your Salt Lake County gym or rec center for a 60-minute workout session. If motivation won't get you to the gym, my workout buddy will. So you will come to my gym? Yes. The more you know about your own gym's equipment, the less time you'll waste trying to figure out a routine. I think it helps build confidence confidence and competency, and that makes going to the gym more enjoyable. But you're not my personal trainer. Well, I'm a a certified trainer, but this is not a personal trainer service. So what do you do? I am actually going to work out with you. I'll do cardio, weights, group classes, whatever you want to do. I will help you with options to make exercises effective and help you towards any fitness goals you may have. That's a great idea. How do people start? Well, message me on Facebook at MyWorkoutBuddySLC or email me, my workout buddy slc at icloud.com one session is twenty dollars if you cancel an appointment less than 12 hours before the start time there is a ten dollar cancellation fee and why is that that's motivation and accountability and if you tell sue geek show says hey you'll get half off of your first session my workout buddy slc and we're back 
Hooray. How's it going? I'm always so scared. Now, uh, Kari. Yes. I believe that you said that you were a fan of Blue Beetle. I am the well, biggest Ted Cord fan. I was going to say she's a Ted Cord fan. Uh, but I like Amy Rice. Okay. Uh, so this is probably, I mean, so I actually, the only Big Shiny Robot article I've ever written was about Amy Rice. So there's that. Okay. I mean, I am a fan. Okay. I'm a fan of the Blue Beetle's legacy because the very first comic book I ever read, and you guys are going to be horrified, I was eight years old and it was Watchmen. That's <laughs> oh, wow. A, oh, my God. That's oh a, my God. I found it in my dad's bedroom and I was like, wow. oh, it's cartoons. I'm going to walk in with no context. Yeah. Well, and yeah. if you ever like, I have like complexes about like animal mutilation because of that. Yeah. Um, and so like. <laughs> blue dongs. At the very, yeah, blue dongs. <laughs> like, but I was into it. Like I, I was eight and I was, I was reading at a college level anyway, so it was kind of un- it was it was comprehensible to me in a good way. Mm-hmm. But I was a huge fan of Night Owl. I liked the schlubby, washed up yeah. Yeah. superhero trope, and I fell in love with that. And when I found out that Ted Cord was the source material for Night Owl too, um, I f- I fell in love with him. And I love Barbara Gordon's my favorite superhero of all time, other than Ted. And I loved their courtship because they met online. So Barbara Gordon was Rolling Thunder. That was her username, and I can't remember Blue Beetles, but it's still really funny. <laughs> so she was. Wheelchair, yeah. DC moving full steam ahead with its ever growing slate of superhero movies that no one expected to see so soon. <laughs> Shazam, New Gods, we yeah. never thought we'd yep, ever Shazam's see. Shazam's going to be cool. I've been reading good things about Aquaman. Yeah, yeah Aquaman. Good things about yeah. Aquaman. The Fast and the Furious Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the latest hero coming to the screen Jamie Reyes. Uh, the Blue Beetle. Oh, good boy. Right the, the thing, the cool thing about that is that, uh, like, his his arc ties into uh, Alice 13, and that's the books of, like, it goes into Books of Magic, which is written by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. So that, like, his entrance into, like, the DC Cinematic Universe, um, it opens up a whole thing. It opens up a whole thing. There's so many possibilities. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scar- Scarface writer Gareth Dunnett Altsosur is signed on to pen. The hmm. Jamie Reyes-focused Blue Beetle film. That's really cool. It's a film? Yeah. Because I remember the WB wanted to maybe do a series. They actually even did like a pilot 15 minutes mm-hmm. yeah. that I watched. Yeah. This is, this is going to be a full-length movie. Uh, first, uh, Jamie was first introduced in Infinite Crisis back in 2006. Uh, and, yeah. And was created by uh, Keith Giffen, yep. John mm-hmm. Rogers, and Cully Hammer. Yeah, he finds the Beetle. Out of, like in the garbage? Yeah, he, he took on the mantle previously <laughs> held by Ted Cord. Yep. But unlike Ted, who had no superpowers. And stomach cancer. Wow. Jamie <laughs> yeah, was, that's a power. Yeah. Jamie was granted uh, abilities via an alien scarab, which attached itself to his back. Yeah, the scarab. That's uh, and he gets like this super armor. Basically, yeah. it's alien Iron Man well, armor. Yeah. Ted Cord was like the the like protege of the previous Blue Beetle, whose name I don't remember. Um, and the Scarab never responded to him. The Scarab never accepted him. So he had he had possession of it. It mm-hmm. was like an archaeology thing. But the Scarab never opened its heart to him. Hi- Jaime so is, he had uh, to create stuff like a shitty budget Bruce Wayne, which is another thing I loved about Jaime him. Jaime is a ton of fun and to and play he, in Injustice 2. Oh, yeah. He's and so uh, Ted Cord flew around in that... Beetle. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that's why Night Owl, you know like how him and uh, how Night Owl and the Silk yeah. Spectre have sex in the thing and like the like the the like, fire cannon goes uh-huh. off when they're doing it and like Hallelujah's playing which is really weird. Um that's like based on a like makeout scene with him and Barbara because they go on a date in this giant floating <laughs> beetle and like it's it's silly. It's really silly. Uh solo film <laughs> says is an interesting choice given uh, his prominence has been growing across other DC properties like Young Justice. Mm-hmm. It's also notable that Blue Beetle will be DC's first solo feature with a Latinx hero as the lead. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Mexican American, which makes the studio's next step in choosing a production team and cast very interesting to look at. Yeah, I'm super interested so, to I'm see excited. who they cast. I have no idea because he's a teenage boy. He's like 15 years old, I think. And they gave him a really neat arc in Young Justice. It was amazing with all I, the scarab stuff. Yeah, it was cool. That you know, because it's a it's a parasite. Yeah. that's the crazy well, thing. Kind of. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go and rewatch all of Young Justice because it's on that DC app. Yeah. I also have one thing I love about that DC app too is. If I, I like every once in a while, I'll go. Oh, I want to watch a, I, w- I want to watch some fucking Batman. Anime it's all there. I want to watch the classic one. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's so shaped good. everything. Well, and then I love the Superman. Animated. Just out on Blu-ray last week. Yeah, yeah. I love the Superman anime, and it's oh, just yeah. all a good show. there. Or it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to watch a shitty episode of Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Cla- Clancy you know Brown. I mean? Clancy so Brown stole my Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good Lex Luthor. That's yeah. something I want to talk about during these recordings. <laughs> I am a Lex Luthor. Wrong! Yeah. Yeah. I actually loved uh, Kevin We'll save it. Like we'll save it. Because oh, okay. I know we're getting to the end. All right, all right. Uh, Star Wars stuff. Oh, I like Star Wars. This is really interesting to me that they're doing this. Um, Don't break my heart, Gary Jackson. No, Star Wars fans <laughs> who have kids. The kids that aren't quite ready to sit down for two-hour movies. Okay. Me? Are you talking about me? Or, or Kari. <laughs> <laughs> Disney has announced on their uh, YouTube, uh, the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, mm. uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. I, 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 I saw a clip. It's a series of animated YouTube shorts, and they're not more than, I think the longest one I saw was 90 seconds. Yeah. Uh, using some original dialogue and sounds from the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. But they animated it. It's an anime style. It's really pretty. It looks good. It looks great. Um, and they have just debuted those on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. Um, First one's free, kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how yeah, I saw it. I saw Luke's fight with the Wampa in the ice cave on Hoth. Yeah, uh, they animated that. They animated it, and it was weird because I was like, okay, well, what are you doing with this? Oh, you're just doing the story slightly more dynamically because there's some backflips and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the animation style is, I, I'd say, it's on par with what Filoni's doing with Resistance, if not slightly better. It's, and, it's, uh, I was really impressed with the animation. Yeah. There, there was one I watched with Darth Vader where they essentially recreated the the Rogue One uh, hallway battle. Oh, oh. I love. they combined like A New Hope and the Rogue One hallway battle. Okay. that was the best part of that movie. Because it like you get cool. to see it from a different fucking angle. That was the most amazing. And then I watched the Droid Escape from A New Hope. Interesting, which was a lot of direct dialogue and sound effects. From right, the movie. and it seemed like especially with one I saw that they the scene itself even though it was short, mm-hmm. was longer. And then there was one that was Chewbacca with Han Solo. Chewie mm-hmm. was clearly the star of this, mm-hmm. but Han was there with him. And it was it was unlike anything that I'd seen in the movie, but it used dialogue from the movie. They had okay. taken stuff from the different movies. Interesting. And made their own little thing where they're, they're suddenly, you know, the Imperial Starship's right behind them and, and they're trying to get the Falcon fixed. And it's that classic, you know... What about the Hydra Spanners? I'm trying, I'm trying. You know, yeah. that thing. And But they combined it with a bunch of other stuff, wow. that, you know, where the Falcon screws up. And then they finally get, get well, away. Well, that's what know. happens when you put Lando's sassy-ass droid in charge. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You get a sassy-ass spaceship. But uh, but watching this, and I was thinking, yeah, that's exactly, they know exactly who this is for. By the way, did you ever put that together? What? Since, since Solo. What? Well, Lando's droid that was in love with him. 
Oh yeah, in love yeah. with Lando. Yeah, was hardwired into the Falcon. Oh yeah, yeah. No wonder it was constantly breaking down. No, she doesn't her. like Han Solo. No, yeah. I, at the end of the movie, I went. That answers everything. Yeah, because yeah. the, the spaceship has a, a, a soul essentially. Yeah, well, they put a they put a, a, a sentient mm-hmm. android brain in charge of hyperdrive. Yeah. And and again, to all you people who email me saying, "I'm sorry, I didn't go see this in the theaters." Yeah. You guys were right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. listen to us. Thanks dummies. for fucking me out of a sequel, asshole. No, yeah. that was me. Oh, sorry, but, sorry. Uh, I take it back. You're not an asshole, Karen. No, I'm an asshole. <laughs> but uh, you mean Kari, right? <laughs> Karen. But Disney, along with this this whole YouTube 90 second thing, how smart are they? They're also Cash grab for toys. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy Adventures action figures. Ah, that's a five. Okay. But here's the thing about them. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the action figures. Well, first of all, they're at Walmart only, so I'll never see them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, secondly, they're just your basic action figures five, that we already five have. Point articulation figures. Yeah, they're yeah. the ones that we already have, but they're just in a new Galaxy of Adventures package yep. that has the cartoon version of the character on the package and then you look at the inside. toy looks the but the same. toy is the same toy that but we've got <laughs> which is weird because the yeah. forces the forces of destiny line what diarrhea they yeah. did not do that with no. they actually made them look like the animation it also comes with a mini comic which I like and a QR code allowing the opportunity to access online adventures centering around the character. Well, huh. that's cool. That's so interesting. Th- so the first line is Luke, Chewie, R2, and Vader. Uh, the second wave will follow in the spring, which is Princess Leia, Han, Yoda, and uh, in- a Stormtrooper. What is R2 doing? Like, is, is he like... Just being a Sith Lord. Is that's what he does. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? The R2, yeah. I did no yeah. idea. R2 is a Sith Lord? He's a yep. Sith Lord. What? Has been from that's the beginning. Weird. That's actually the, the Skywalker saga. Is that is like all Jar Jar's about... a Sith Lord too? No, that's that's subterfuge <laughs> thrown up by the true Dark Lord of the Sith, R2-D2. R2-D2? Yeah. <laughs> he's, his ass. he's been running it the whole time. That's it's actually name. pronounced Darth 2. <laughs> Darth 2, Darth 2, Darth 2, D2. Darth 2, D2. He takes off his voice modulator and he sounds like, It'd make more sense of a C-3PO. Well, you also you because know, Darth Vader made him. No, my my evidence is actually in Return of the Jedi. In Return of the Jedi, R two D two uses Force lightning on an Ewok. Hmm. <laughs> he does. He does use electricity. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Force Ewok. lightning. Prove me wrong. <laughs> well, I can't. I know. Need that portable DVD player right. I had as a kid. So finally, this, and I need to ask. I mean, not just Tony because he's our game guy, but uh, I'm also the game guy. But yeah. You're also the game <laughs> yeah, person here. We're game people I, now. I, I guess I can go take. Why a didn't pee. you? Why we're, don't you ever have board game questions? We're game humans. <laughs> yeah, we're the game humans. Yes. So I I read this article and, and and I'll just scan through it here real quick, and then maybe you two can explain this. Is to it me. about Skyrim? It's it, no. It's it's about Fallout 76. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. All right. <laughs> and take about an you, hour. You we'll we'll are. Don't sync it up. I have to. Pee. I have things to say about this game. So Fallout 76 is out. Yes. It is out. Came out about a week and a half ago, okay. two weeks ago, somewhere around sure there. Sure did. The online game, the latest release in this popular series, and, and I, I know it's, it's huge. It is big. All right. Quite big. It's actually one of my favorite series of all time. Debuted to mediocre reviews and has already been severely discounted from its original fifty nine ninety nine price point. Indeed. Only two weeks after it hit the shelves. Uh, now another controversy has placed Bethesda, the game developer, in deeper in the radiation zone, it says. As customers, oh, that's a fallout joke. As, reference. as customers are calling for a refund on a special edition of the game that falsely advertised one of its items. Womp, womp. So the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition, 
This is a two hundred dollar collector's edition version. Whoa! Okay. Now I I paid eighty for the Fallout uh, for the um, Fallout Three for the Pip Boy. Yeah, yeah I have that version. too. It's this great. Two hundred dollar version. Oh, I just so, imagine Lee by himself sitting with his Pip Boy on his couch. <laughs> so this was available I'm on their Fallout. on their website. Yeah, I, I think that's the only place you could get it. Okay, it I think, included. Hmm? I think Amazon had it too. They probably. But had anyway. It too. Regardless. It included a full-scale wearable T-51 power armor helmet. Yeah. Come again. With a voice modulator. From the games, as well as a West Tech canvas carrying bag and a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay, so far I don't mind spending two hundred dollars on that. So when <laughs> that's the thing, it looked it looked awesome. It looked so like, when fans received their special edition of the game, they found that the canvas bag is actually nylon. Cheap. See-through, almost oh, nylon. Oh, fuck cakes. Uh, That's ang- so sad. Angry customers quickly, you know, on Twitter. Because yeah. well, if they bought the Pip-Boy edition of Fallout 4, they well, the- they know, they, they have every reason to believe they were going to get a good product because yeah. that right. Pip-Boy was amazing. Right. It came it was in a really big neat. case. And- well, and for those like people who, know, who don't know, it's, that's like the stuff that like synthetic flags are made out of, like really cheap plastic yeah, flags. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Shit. Yeah. All right. So, uh, was the helmet a Dawn Post a mask? Good, a, good, a good thing to compare it to would be cheap, free, giveaway backpack. Yep. Rope backpack. Swag. Oh, that kind like of Like a swag bag you get for I free, cheap Bethes- I wonder if Bethesda got fucked, too. Well, that. here's here's what they said. It said, unfortunately, due to availability of materials, we had to switch to a nylon carrying case in the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition. Availability of materials. Yeah, because yeah, canvas is on a shortage right now, you know, because of the war. We hope this doesn't <laughs> prevent uh, anyone from enjoying what we feel is one of our best collector's editions. It's not, and though. And now for the slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, in the response garnered further pushback from fans who demanded a refund from their for their purchase. Thursday, Bethesda offered to give purchasers of the Power Armor Edition 500 atoms, which is equivalent to five dollars. Five dollars in game store in game in game currency. currency, where you can buy like wow. a different color helmet. Yeah, you, what's going on, Bethesda? Or shoes. They are totally. Tone deaf on the so reaction. So this, this means my elder, well, my my next Elder Scrolls isn't going to happen. Bethesda's experienced too much success, yeah, and they don't know I how think... to scale as a game company. And not only are gaming fans petty, but game developers are extremely petty. Like, do you remember Horse Armor? Yeah, yeah, they're that was extremely Bethesda. petty. Three dollars for Horse Armor. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it's not like the Fallout universe is real. You can't afford canvas. You just decided to cut corners. That's exactly right. Uh, they also uh, responded. Uh, we understand and respect. There is disappointment with the bag. <laughs> We're <laughs> sorry. Bag. Please uh, contact uh, support to provide proof of your CE purchase. They will assist you in granting your account five hundred atoms. But uh, wait, wait, I got this. So Woo! I have, so I not, only, I have to, I have to contact support to get my fake five dollars. Yeah, that's exactly your right. Your fake money, yeah. your internet points. Yeah. As a gamer fan, it's funny that this is like Baggate 2018. Right? But I, I'm also extremely petty because I do. I play League of Legends, which is the most toxic game in the entire <laughs> history of gaming. Still. Yeah, but I oh. will. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I actually got a 10 day chat ban for making fun of somebody for being new. So. That's my <laughs> life. But that's why I don't play League. The fall, like the the, the fact that gaming fans will never, they'll never. Never let this go. No. This will be brought up for the rest of forever. Bethesda's forever. Oh, yeah. We'll never forget. So well, how about all the shit Rockstar is getting for Red Dead 2? Oh, oh wait. Guys. Not happening. None. That's what's so interesting about this whole ordeal, though, is Bethesda was untouchable, basically, yep. up till this point. Uh, because they Skyrim had, is still one of the best games ever made. They had so much goodwill with gamers 
with with their game series that even when games came out that were buggy, because every release they put out is buggy. Oblivion's first the beginning. release, the yeah. PC first yeah. release, Oblivion super, was unplayable, super buggy. But for some reason, gamers still just give them a pass. Oh, Bethesda, you're bugs. Well, it was like they're Blizzard. so funny, but it's but, also good yeah. content. But it is, it is good content. Right. And and but that's what's so, so interesting about so it's, this. It's a canvas bag that's gonna make you break yeah, up. Well, well, it's a combination of you know? this game was extra buggy, even by Bethesda. It was also trash like you need a population if you need a population to make a game good like even an online game you gotta put npcs yeah you gotta put npcs and they don't have npcs there's nobody in this game you can play the npc carry and not only that the game doesn't save the server you're on they don't want server loads so if you establish yourself as an npc as a vendor in a town because maybe that's what you wanted to do all right you log out next time you come on you have to reestablish yeah. your presence yeah. in that so town. You're starting over again. Yeah, yeah. and so you, you you still have you've all lost, your stuff. You've lost, my, you've lost my kid who's logged thousands of hours in Fallout. He yeah. won't play 76 yeah. because he that, that just doesn't. You know the guy who game. paints himself as a bronze statue and stands on the corner. Yeah, it's like he's logging into a different city every time he logs in. Yeah, <laughs> oh. they they just were so far off base on this release. Or it's the, the same so, city with a different population every day. <laughs> yeah. And and the the thing is, is the bones of that game are actually pretty good. They're cool. They're interesting. I, I I've put about 12 to 15 hours into that game yeah. on PC and it's it's fun, you know, especially if you have friends that have the game as well. Traipsing around the the wasteland and doing stuff is actually pretty fun. But there are so many things about this game that they miss, like the persistent world that yep. Lee was talking about, like how buggy it is, well, all you have especially to do is- on consoles where as, as a PC gamer, I, I put enough money into my PC that it can power past a few of these bugs. But on the consoles, you know, they it just you bought what you bought you bought what you bought and that's what it is and if they don't if they don't design the game to run well on that console it just won't see and i i brought this story here because i was like really a bag a bag it's, yeah. it's yeah. the that's, bag the bag was the straw that broke the camera yeah. right there's, it's, there's like latent right. uh, it's like it's like right. not getting pepperoncinis on your salad and the salad already sucked yeah. But there's elements of the salad yeah. that you really like. And but you're I, like, oh, yeah. good. At least I get these delicious pepperoncinis. Right. I get this cool canvas bag that I can use as but a duffel. But the domain will kill like you. But I think a lot right. of people. Well, that's a different story. When, <laughs> when, when Elder Scrolls Online came out, it's a Bethesda game. Elder Scrolls Online came out and it was buggy as hell. And a lot of people were going, well, this is actually going to kind of transform the MMORPG. And to a degree, they were kind of right. Yeah, a couple well, of years in later. character creation, which is where I stopped playing. Right. <laughs> but the game, the game after a couple of years has become a really, really playable, enjoyable game. And then you get games like Red Dead that come out of the gate really strong. And yeah. people are like, okay, what the hell? And if you can't make a persistent, playable game world after Guild Wars 2 has shown you that you can have a transformative, mm-hmm. evolving game world that changes and is still the same world... But you, shit's happened since you logged out. Yeah. Uh, some goblins burned down a fort. And, yeah. you know, shit like that happens. And then you're like, you're Bethesda, and you're like, oh, cool, check this game out. Oh, it's not persistent, but don't worry about it. But you can be an NPC because there aren't any, but it's not going to be persistent, so you can't be part of a community. Because that's if I'm the guy that's going to be role-playing the armorer who builds new shoes for uh, robo-horses, yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure I've got the same customers because... I know how merchandising works in the real world. Yeah, for if I customers. had to, if I had to become that merchant over every single time I played, no thanks. I yeah. don't want to do that. I'll yeah. go ahead and fail in my own business in the real world. Hmm. So, <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. we I, hit a nerve. That's. I, I think I understand it. My recommendation is you can probably find it cheap now for around 30, 35 bucks. If you if you like the crafting 
and the lore building of Fallout 4, you'll probably enjoy Fallout 70. Make sure you have three or four friends with you, and though. And definitely get some friends to play yeah. with you. Aww. But if you're if you're wanting to play for uh, character development, if you're wanting to play for endgame, endgame stuff, there's none of that. Uh, and if you played Fallout 3... If, yeah. Or New Vegas. If you want you're story, be sad. if you want story, there's really no story whatsoever right. in this game besides oh. lore. And see, stuff. I think I, I think that's why Red Dead Two and and those uh, Arkham Knight games are for me because you know it's I, all story. I can play by myself. Yep. Story. God. I, I build up my character. Yes, and there's exactly. a serial killer arc in Red Dead Two that is so intense. It remi- have you seen Deadwood? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it reminds me of you. You know the serial killer in Deadwood who's killing prostitutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. So unbelievable! It's like a throwback. Very was it similar Stein? to it. Yeah, yeah. Because Venturestein really liked prostitutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, it's not Venturestein. But I mean, eh. right. but it's good. We should wrap this up and play Red Dead too. I know. Uh, let's wrap it up with a letter. Ah, oh, I got oh, that. Hey. I got that. Are you ready? He's got it. He's. Let's well, he's getting ready. You know, they're making. The, they're, they are finally making the Deadwood movie. Yes, they are. Sometimes we get letters. Whoa. And then we answer them. Tony. So fast, Tony. Tony got Cylon. Yeah. I there did it. Uh, hi guys, just want to, uh, well, he, he sent it specifically to me, but uh, it's for everybody. I uh, just want to let you know I'm following your Twitter feed tonight. Sorry for some reason I can't DM, DM you. I'm on the older side of your demographic, Aww. so I'm probably doing something stupidly wrong. I'm a lifelong America file. I've holidayed and honeymooned in your great nation, but tonight I look on with sorrow and regret at what is occurring on your southern border. I know that soon your nation will use the democracy that you hold dear to rid yourselves of your current despots. Until then, keep using your profile to retweet important messages. Use your voice to amplify those that need to be read far and wide. Celebrate, as you do, your pop culture, for the world needs and loves the USA for it. But highlight also, as you do, the injustices and plight of those less fortunate that are currently being shunned by your government. For it is only through voices like yours that they will be heard. Thank you. Previously silent geek show listener for many years, James Sweeney from County Donegal in Ireland. Hey. Wow. Hey, Sweeney, can I come stay on your couch? Uh, <laughs> we want I, to escape. I think if you're outside of the country, uh, it might be reassuring for you to know that our current administration and government is really only doing what they're doing to appease 30% of our population. They don't yeah. give a, they don't give yeah. a shit yeah. about the yeah. other 70%. You need to know that, James. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, 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 the two-thirds of us are kind of pissed. <laughs> well, see, here, here's the thing. And I've told the story before, but I, I was in Korea shortly after mm-hmm. he got elected. And they everybody who could speak English was stopping me and saying, how did that happen? Why did you yeah. let that happen? I said, okay, first of all, you need to know half the nation did not vote. Yeah. So that took another 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. to explain, yeah. why aren't you why, voting? Why aren't what people the- voting? Yeah, but on the other know. hand, our midterm election here, uh, what was Utah's 80, turnout? 87. 87%. That's great. Because there was weed on the ballot. Let's yeah. just say it. So. Delicious. Hey, whatever it takes to get people voting. Yeah, I'll know. put weed on the ballot every time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. except they're rescinding that now, which is I was going to say, yeah, put weed on the... Mormon church takes away anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Put it back on. The church taketh and giveth yeah. away. So then I had to explain how the whole system works here. Yeah. And, and and they still, it just blew their minds. That's corporatocracy you know? for you. I yeah, hate so. it so much. So well, just James. Kn- yeah, just know that, James, is that uh, he is, he's doing it to appease 30% of the population. Uh, and and the, the post-millennial generation is pissed as hell. And they're they're voting and they're getting active. And uh, we're, we're seeing some some changes. I, you know, this, this election's cost me some friends. Uh, friends of, of generations. Uh, I, I can no longer communicate with. I can't even talk to a lot of parts of my, of an entire yeah. half of my family. So, But that's kind of what they're counting on. Yeah. Well, it's but like I was telling you guys before this started, 
It's the only reason I'm glad that my whole family's dead, and that's the only reason I'm not talking to them. Yeah. Because if they were still alive, we probably still wouldn't be talking. Being an orphan <laughs> you know I mean? is awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. B, if you would, please. Honey, secure the ham. Somebody's trying to kick down the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So this one, what was it like working on set where you pretty much are the only live-action actor surrounded by a cast of motion cap actors. Right, yeah, so the, the way the way it worked was, um, uh, yeah, so I got involved in this back in 2014 when I was just 10 years old. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I know, it was a long time ago, <laughs> but, um, so I got to really work across from Christian and Kate, and it's, it's really great to be able to, to work with these guys rather than, you know, with animation or something, you, you don't get to, like, get that face-to-face, and you don't get that uh, interaction with the actors. But I, I think it's really great using performance capture and you know, so yeah, we we back in 2014, uh, we we shot it almost like a play in a way, just to primarily capture uh, the actors and actresses' performance, not not mine, just the other the other animals. Yeah. But um, so then uh, six months later, uh, I came back to primarily to capture my performance without Kid Christian and Kate and and and, uh, and Benedict, but. I would shoot across from different motion capture actors and performance capture actors. So obviously they play it very different from a Christian Baylor kid because yeah. <laughs> everyone plays it very different. But um, yeah, I mean that was pretty challenging because I would have to remember how Christian played it while keeping my performance organic and acting across from someone else. Sure. So that was kind of challenging. But. You know, we've seen different versions of the story and right, obviously right, right. versions of Mowgli. What did you particularly want to bring to this version as an actor yourself? Yeah, so I grew up reading Rudyard Kipling's short stories about Mowgli, and I, you know, I really enjoyed his stories because you know Mowgli was almost like I really admired him, and he was almost like my hero. But I mean, you know, being—I really tried to bring that that authenticity to the role. Obviously, I did a lot of physical training for this. I I grew my hair out and yeah. I added some extensions as well to make it even <laughs> longer. But um, I mean, yeah, really that authenticity to capture the essence of Rudyard Kipling short stories. I we really went for that, especially in the tone of the movie. Um, from I mean, compared to other versions, it's it's always it's obviously very uh, what what people like to call dark. But for me, I call it I I prefer to call it deep. Deeper. It goes really deeper with the characters and deeper with the emotions. So like Rudyard Kipling short stories. Yeah. Of all the versions, too, I think you mm-hmm. probably got beat up the most. Anyone, <laughs> yeah. any mostly I've seen. What was the hardest scene for you to film? Yeah. So I mean, the running is a very physically challenging scene. I, I have you seen the movie? Yeah. But, I saw yes. Yesterday. Yeah. Go. Great. 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 So um. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, it is. It is very challenging because, as I said, I did a lot of physical training and agility training as well. But I mean, it, it it was challenging that whole sequence because you know obviously I'm I'm doing a lot of physical work running on all fours. Obviously, it's not very natural to a human. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's, it it is really challenging to kind of keep it fluid on all fours. And you know, going downhill especially is really challenging because obviously our arms are shorter than our legs. Sure. It's, so you almost feel like you want to tumble over your arms and just go spilling over. Yeah. That actually brought me to my next question: was how long did it take you to kind of perfect the all four run? Yeah. So I mean, I actually I started the the uh, the quadruped as we call it. The, it, <laughs> it, it 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 took a very very long time. I mean, you know, obviously I worked through it with Andy and I did some work with uh, uh, Terry Notary as well. And I mean, you know, Terry, he's just, he's so great with the uh, physical movement and everything. He really makes you feel it. And we did a lot of work on that to make it not kind of look like an, an ape, but make it look more like a, a, a an actual like panther or a, or a wolf. Pleasure yeah. meeting you. Really nice meeting you. Absolute pleasure seeing you again. You too. When you do a film that's been done before, do you 
research the other ones that have been done, or do you kind of ignore them, or like do you see it as a challenge to just like I want to do something completely different? Well, it really for me the inspiration came from the book itself. So, so that the tone of this is was all, always sort of decided by uh, you know the the tone of the book. Which you know, I mean, I grew up watching the the 1967 animation, as I'm sure you did too. Sure. You know, I mean, everyone <laughs> loved loved that, the songs and the music, etc. The, the the wild kind of uh, antics of the animals and <laughs> Mowgli's friends. You know, but but this to me, you know, the reason that it, it appealed to me was because it was a Mo this was more of a Mowgli centric story. Sure. That it was actually his journey of trying to discover who he was, and that and that really comes from the book. And and it is a slightly darker tone. Yeah. Um, and it and it feels more real in the sense that it's an emotional journey, and and that actually things really happen to him. So there's cause and effect with yeah. the you know he doesn't just brush himself off and <laughs> and, and and he's all, he's okay. You yeah. know it, you know he's really deeply affected by each stage of his journey, and that that was a version I didn't feel that we'd seen before and that I thought would was so you know and 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 also to kind of really get under the skin of, of the time the book was written, you know, which was a colonial India, and you know, specifically culturally set it there. Yeah. So, so it really felt like it was grounded and authentic in that way. Yeah, I think the one thing we can both agree is that we're not getting any bare necessities in this one. Certainly no, <laughs> certainly no bare necessities. Or you know, and much as though King Louis was a great character yeah. in the uh, in the animation, that he's not in the book. No. So, sure. so he could, he couldn't he couldn't be in our world. But was it hard, a little bit harder to achieve that darker tone and like maybe still? Be able to invite the kids to see this, you know, this version. Well, I, I think I mean it was always the plan that it was going to be for slight. It wasn't going to be a completely four quadrant in the sense that, although I do think, if, you know, depending on the sort of parent you are, and uh, you know, there are frightening ele elements to this. It's intense, and it's. Uh, but I don't think there's anything gratuitous or sort of adult theme that 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 you can't watch it as a child but but it is it's just an intense you know and darker version um so i think really kids from the age of about eight you're perfectly safe with yeah. um and if you're more adventurous as a parent then i think yes why not if you're five <laughs> and six you know a little bit of fear now and then perfect <laughs> uh the last time we got to speak uh, it was actually a few years ago we talked about you know motion cap actors being able to be nominated for you know, Academy Awards and you know, and, and Golden Globes and whatnot. Do you think it's progressed in the past few years that we might see that come to come to light? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's definitely changed. I mean, more and more films use performance capture um, and, and all sorts of ways of actors being characters that are not necessarily manifesting themselves on screen. You know, so so it, uh, I, and also the Academy have uh, openly said. In fact, they've never been against performance capture. It's just the branches within that have yet to have understood it. But now. I think is, is a, the perception's completely changed. What was the lesson you learned that you'll take on to the next one from this production? In terms of directing? Yeah. I mean, making a film like this, it, it's, it's been an exercise in patience. You know, it's <laughs> been a long haul. This is where I first started, I got involved at the end of 2013 on this and wow. so as a director and that's a long long period of time. I was managing to do other things in between but it is, it, it is being... I, I think it's the whole thing about being true to your vision mm. and sticking with that through through thick and thin. You know, even when you're getting tugged in different directions and you know perhaps different people want different things. It's 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 being able to you know the things that I've learnt really are, are being able to listen, yeah. uh, really engage and uh, at, but but without losing the the initial impetus for why you set out to do it in the first awesome. place. Pleasure seeing you again. Great to see you. Congratulations. Too. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. For this movie, what is it like doing a motion capture performance with a director that many pe people consider the god of motion capture performers? Well, it's the best thing ever because yeah. <laughs> he, he's your best guide. I've seen his performances, which were absolutely fantastic. So you know what's possible. Yeah. You've seen him as Caesar sitting doing scenes that you're absolutely <laughs> hypnotized and drawn in by, completely forgetting that you're listening to an ape, yeah. watching an ape. Right. Uh, so he's the best. And, and I've known Andy since I was 19. Yeah. 
Uh, we worked together way back then. He's a brilliant actor. He's he's he's, he's uh, uh, really showing his talents as a as a really brilliant director as well. So um, and and you've got this wonderful uh, uh, classic story yeah. that has never been seen in this way, which is uh, 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 a true to Kipling's original writings. Yeah, let's see. It's definitely darker, a little bit grittier. Uh, what was it about this version of Bagara that drew you to the project? Well, Bagheera in this is still the big brother. He calls Mowgli his little brother. Yeah. He's still the big brother. He's kind of a spiritual guide. Yeah. He's someone, as it describes in Kipling's writings, his voice sounds like honey dripping from a tree. He's a great comfort uh, for Mowgli, but he's also a fierce protector. It says the whole jungle is scared of Bagheera except for Mowgli, yeah. um, that he can be cunning, he can be um, uh, um, uh, uh, brutal um, and reckless as well. Um, but he's also someone who, is, there's a parallel with Mowgli in that. Um, Bagheera was born yeah. uh, in a cage, um, uh, held captive by uh, humans, and he saw his mother die, and then he escaped, and he's come to the jungle now. Um, but he's taken that uh, a possibility for hatred and loathing and turned it into compassion and love yeah. compared to Shere Khan, yeah. what a character he is, <laughs> who's who's turned it into absolute bitterness and, uh, and hatred. You said spiritual guide, and my next question actually is, because I see Bagheera as probably a spiritual guide or just even a mentor for you as an actor who was a mentor to you. Um, it took a long time for me to really sort of figure that out, but there's definitely been inspirations, you know. Um, uh, Gary Oldman was always a great, uh, a great inspiration one. for me, and I've come to know him be friends with him now and 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 um but he was always somebody that looked at and went if i can ever be that good <laughs> fantastic um uh jimmy hendrix i just always looked at him and went if you can see the places that he goes yeah. the ecstasy that he clearly achieves in his in his art form you know um, wow, is that possible to bring that to acting, you yeah. know, ever? And so he was always a great inspiration. For this production, and going back to the motion, uh, motion capture performances, what was the hardest aspect of bringing out Bagheera? It actually, just not getting the headgear locked up with Andy's. He, he's used to it, I wasn't, so I would occasionally just get stuck and knock heads with him yeah. like that, showing myself to be the, 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 the novice. Yeah. Um, but, but mostly it's like when you start anything, just understanding what's important, what's not important, and being happy making a complete fool of yourself, being happy <laughs> making mistakes so that you can learn quickly how to do it right. Yeah. You know? It's the only way to live. Yeah. Absolute pleasure meeting you. Oh, man. Cheers.